Recorded live. Hi there. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. There's a lot going on. It's just, uh, I'm glad that it worked out. It sounds like it worked out great for you, right? Yeah, for some reason I had put it in my calendar one thirty, so I must have gotten that wrong, but it sounds like it was a happy mistake. <laughs> exactly, yes. Sometimes for, it happened for a reason, so that's really good. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So a lot's going on. What's going on? Well, I'm doing, well, one is uh, clients, of course, and uh, but also I'm creating um, a Spanish summit for entrepreneurs. So oh, cool. I'm... Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I'm very excited. So I'm interviewing all these experts and creating a whole new website, you know. Just, it's, uh, it's a lot, and I really love it, uh, just learning a lot of different pieces. So it's, it's good. It's really great. Yeah. Wow. And it feels like I'm having, it feels like I'm having a, a party with people that I knew I hadn't, you know, friends that I knew I, uh, that I didn't know I had. It's really fun. Oh, that's so cool. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for, yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I should mention that I have Searsha with me right now. She's nursing. I heard her, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you can hear her? <laughs> yeah, I heard her a little bit. Breathing, yeah, or making little noises. And, um, yeah, so she's here, and... She's nursing at the moment, but at some point she will be not nursing and doing other things. So I, that's just how the care went for today. Okay. I how mean, is, generally, is, I, I uh, yeah. like for a leaves at one thirty, but I think I just tried to get this appointment anyway because I wanted to. Wanted yeah, to of course. Yeah, and we can focus on something that this, my recommendation would be whatever you want to address. Let's do be very mindful of her being in this in this space because whatever comes up for you, she's gonna pick up on. It's amazing. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. So you know, just uh, just to be mindful energetically, you know, it makes it definitely has an impact on her. Yeah. So, that's just, that's sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she seems to be, I, I noticed because the, depending, you know, sometimes she's been in sessions for a little bit here and there, but because we're consciously, you know, she's there, she's going to be there with us, then it's, um, I think it's important that we just, you know, just be mindful of what is going on for you and notice when she, when it affects, you know, how it affects her too. Yeah. So then maybe what we should do, I, I wanted to, maybe before we do any tapping or energetic work, Maybe the energetic mm. work should be focused on me allowing, receiving, and um, and thinking about the move. Um, mm. But but before I before we do that, did you? I want to. Maybe we should just talk about the dream without tapping on it. Yeah. 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 Talk about talk about the what was the word the last word you used? The dream. Talk about right. it. Be, the, oh yes, yes, yeah. And what, uh, did, you, is what it, did you think? Did you have a chance to read that? Honestly, I didn't. I could. I, I maybe I. No, I didn't. Wait a minute. Okay. Did you email you it to me or did you have it? 
take a Absolutely. few minutes to read it now. Tell me, yeah, tell me when, did you text it or email it to me? I emailed it. Okay. I'm so sorry, Deb. No, it's okay. Um, it's no problem. Okay, let me find hey. it. Look at here. That's Laura. She's in the phone right now. <laughs> Hi, Sirisha. How are you? I don't know if she can she hear me. Oh, yes, yeah, she can hear you. She's looking at the phone like, huh, what's going on <laughs> <Okay>. in there? <laughs> Hello. I know, it's really funny. I remember Sophia looking at the phone like, where's the person? Yeah. Sometimes she even like, right. looks behind the, the, like sometimes she'll look at the mirror and see herself and then look behind the mirror to see if, if there's a yeah, person behind the mirror, you know? Of course, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, she's getting to find out how things how things work. So yeah, if it's okay, I'll just take a minute and read it. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no worries. Do you hear that noise up there? Yeah, I, I, it's interesting, the the passing it on to her, um, for some really, well, we can pass it, Can you can hear me okay? Yes, I can, yes. Now, is the whole sense of, um, 
passing fear onto her, it's like the best you can do, of course, is to heal it and to uh, recognize that you can really trust yourself. Um, and actually, it would be, are you, in this moment, are you in touch with any fear or do, do you, well, you probably, you do remember the dream very clearly, right? I remember the dream. I'm not in touch with the feeling, though, at all. In fact, I did some tapping okay. that night, and it did cause some yawning, and I went back to sleep. And I had the dream while we were sitting next to each other, and I think she sensed it, and, and she sort of, there was a dis- disturbance in her field as well. Right, um, right. And, but um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm not. But I'm just wondering what, you know, the dream you know, had a couple of layers, right? It could be interpreted as, you know, the the remedy sort of chasing out a suppressed fear that I haven't really, I mean, I've talked a little bit about how I might have transferred some of that or projected some of that fear onto into those dreams I was, or those fears I was having when I was in my early 20s at the camp in the woods and thinking men yeah. were going to come out of the woods. Like, that was one manifestation, but Otherwise, I think it went underground because I don't remember feeling fear. And so it makes sense that it would be, you know, I would put it in my head and and it related to my headaches and my migraines. So I don't know, that Mm. there's that level, like I have this suppressed fear. And that could be blocking the man thing. Um, But then there's the other interpretation I had, and I'm curious to know what your interpretation might be, what you see from the outside of that mm-hmm. everywhere I go, no matter how much I'm trying to get away from him, he's right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm leaving him in the path, but he's like up ahead of me there on the middle of the road that I'm driving on, you know? Right. Yeah. In that case, yeah. So my, my intuition is that it would be really good for us to do a little talking, and this would be more for Siersha and to create a safe place for her right now. Okay. And see see what you notice in her. And is she, like, you know, squeezing and making noises out of, like, exploring? Or is she, how is her, how do you read her mood? She is joyful right now playing with a toy and feeling good that I'm back from work. So she's happy, super happy. Okay. Good. Happy. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know she's so okay. me. It's so cute. Good girl. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm tapping. And she's pointing yeah. on me. <laughs> Good. So let's just do karate chop point very briefly. And just, even though Sears is in the room and I may talk about fear. Even though here she's in the room, I may talk about fear. This is not. This is nothing that she has to absorb. It's nothing she would have to absorb. And she's completely protected. And she's completely protected. Even though I may clear some fear energy from my body. Even though I might clear some fear energy from my body. Searsha is completely protected in a safe bubble of her own. And Searsha is protected completely in a safe bubble of her own. And none of this energy would affect her. And none of this energy would affect her. 
On the contrary, it would be really wonderful for her to just see her mom free. See her mom what? Free, free of fear, right? To see her, yeah. On the contrary, it would be wonderful for her to see her mom free. How is she doing? What do you notice? Is everything okay? Do you notice anything in your body or in her? No, she's super content. She's kind of moving away a little bit. She's moving on, like playing. Good, good. So tapping through the points, I am doing my work. I am doing my work. Releasing what I need to let go. Releasing what I need to let go. And Searsha is completely safe. And Searsha is completely safe. She's content and enjoying being around me. She is content and enjoying being around me. Completely at peace. Completely at peace. I know that she's totally okay. I know that she's totally okay. And she knows that I am totally okay as well. And she knows that I am totally okay as well. At this moment, I just keep my energy a little bit. Like, I want you to, like, notice that there's a slight... um, not necessarily a separation, but that you, whatever might come up for you, it will not affect her. So there's like a beautiful bubble of protection around her, and you're gonna, your energy will be contained in yours. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. 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 I just really want to honor that because I, uh, I know that especially at this age, and I heard that until I think something like two and a half years old, that you kind of, we kind of, mothers and daughters or children share like a similar energetic bubble. So I want to honor that and make sure that, you know, that she's okay, that she doesn't get concerned in any way about what we may be doing. Well, if she's in my energy level, she's part of this, she's sensing the fear anyway, you know, she's, of course, that is very true. Yeah, you're absolutely. So yeah, and her, you know. Yes, absolutely. And what does it feel most? I mean, to me, the the, the there's it's interesting because there's several components of the dream that I notice. The first okay. one is that even though it's your dad and you and your two siblings. Somehow you separate yourself, yeah, right? yeah. to yeah. protect yourself, and you close all three doors. Interestingly, there are three of them. Are there three and doors? That, no, you wrote there were three doors, and you made sure that all three doors were locked. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is yeah, to me, it's fascinating. You you so I carefully and secretly moved into a bedroom that had three doors and I locked those doors from the inside. And yeah. interestingly, there are three three of them. There's three of them in your life today, and you also you have some sort of locked door to them to protect yeah. yourself. Yes, I do. Yeah. And the three of them just left in this van that is com- constantly pursuing you and present and popping up no matter what you do or where you go. Yeah, right. So 
even if it's just touch and breathe, instead of tapping, you pick what you prefer to do. I would recommend you just start tapping. These also, to me, it's bringing up, just, just I'm, I'm throwing things up that I'm just intuiting, and you just see, you know, what resonates. But it's, you know, the three people in your life, the three doors, and the fact that now you're moving, and... And you, you know, you were both in the move, right? The whole family virtually, and you were moving, and they're following you. So this sense that, yeah, no matter what you do or where you go, they're always going to be there. Right. But there's the fear of what? That is, because it is, there's a kind of a creepy feeling of like, the, you know, your, especially your dad popping into, you know, ahead of you and behind you and, no matter what tactic you use, they're always, you know, he's always there. What are you, what's the fear about? Well, when it was, when I was in the house, the fear was um, violence, fear of violence. Okay. Or fear of being hurt, injured by him. Okay. Did he actually do that when you were growing up? Yes, he was. He was physically violent. He was physically abusive. Okay. So that 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 is a, that's one piece, and then he was pissed off, but somehow he decided to leave, and did that in any way change? Um, was it still the same fear when he was chasing you? The fear when he was following me or, or, or like I was trying to get away from him so that I would be safe. And so the, the fear of him would be being right behind me or ahead of me is that he would somehow get me and then I would be physically unsafe again. Yeah. And that, you know, no, no, no environment, nothing was protecting me from that. But I was always in danger of um, of that. Yeah. Okay. And is that something that has ever happened with men afterwards, that somehow you don't feel totally safe with men? No, with the exception of Peter. Peter pushed me once, physically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But all the other men I've been with, they have never been physical, except for that one time with Peter. Okay. Okay. But it is is a possibility. So is is literally the feeling unsafe, physically unsafe? Yes. Physically unsafe. Okay. So my my inclination would be to do a, a matrix, and we can do it in a way that would be um, you can imagine something without having to either raise your boy voice or do anything of that sort. Do you, do you think that that is a good idea to do today, or would it be better to focus on something else? Um. What we would do, I can tell you exactly what we would do. We would go 
like somehow back into the scene or, you know, into being in that fear, reconnect with the fear of being physically attacked or injured and stand up to him, stand up to him and get in touch with being empowered and setting very clear boundaries. Um, It's very possible that this is coming up because, well, one in the, one of the last sessions, we, the, our last session, we talked about how to own more of your receptive, feminine, and inviting side, which to a part of you may be feel as not as strong or even weak. And it's interesting that the fear of physical injury is coming up. Mm. Yeah, could be, for sure. You know, because as as you're... And I know that I don't. I don't know. Let me see. If the, does the dream have a date? It does, January fifth. Yeah, it's interesting because actually we. Let me look. I think that we addressed. Oh my God! Right. Okay. So yeah, January fourth is when we had our last session about being more open. Uh, you know, and being owning more of your feminine side. Yeah. Does that make sense how, you know, there's a, and not only a fear for you if you're not as strong and in your male, you know, male stronger energy, but also the potential of, you know, the risk to Sirisha, of course, which is, so subconsciously I wonder if that's what happens. Could could easily be. And I was also doing some homeopathic work working with a homeopath and she's been trying to cure my headache. And, Mm. you know, part of what came out of that session, you know, was I told her that I was, you know, I lived in a violent household and was physically abused as a child and a young adult. And, um, and so that was part of it. And and she gave me a remedy for my headaches, which has been working. But then she said, you know, be, I know, wow is right, because now I don't need to take ibuprofen or Tylenol anymore. It's just, it's so amazing, and it's it's natural, and it's easy, and it makes the headache go away. It's such a revolution, and yeah. it's wonderful, and, and she's like, we get to the root, the emotional root of the, of the headache, or of the, whatever physical ailment you have, and we, we heal that, because there's always an emotional event that happens, you know, or trigger or something um, right. that causes these things. And then I was talking to my acupuncturist about it yesterday, and he said, you know, it, he, I had never told him about the child abuse. And it's so funny, I never told, I thought I told you, maybe I didn't. I thought I think I tell people, but then it turns out. No, you have, you have, but I didn't know to what degree because I, I think we have worked so much on more of the emotional and you know kind of like the psychological abuse that was so intense. Um, I don't think the physical piece. We, no, we didn't discuss it much. Was he? Yeah, I, I I thought it was a lot more emotional than physical. Well, it's really interesting that I don't, I don't raise it. I don't say it, you know, I don't make it clear, obvious, or more apparent than I do. Like, I don't know if I'm still in some way, like, 
because I certainly hid it back then. I didn't tell anybody, you know, hardly. Mm. I still of course. some of that. And um, now, Deb, was he was he like he would get like out of control, violent? Well, what would he? What kind of behaviors? What did he do actually? So he would. Um, he did different things to different people. So he, to my, to me, he would. He bullied me. So he would physically dominate me. He wouldn't like slam me into walls or punch me or do anything that would cause like, you know, to break bones or anything. But he would. Mm-hmm. He would like tackle me, push me to the floor, get on top of me press his forearm and get across my chest and scream in my face or, you know, just dominate, like push me down, get on top of me uh, with force, pin me down. And here she's asleep. So I wonder if this is, or she's going to sleep. I wonder maybe she's tuning it out. Um, Yeah. It's also her nap. Well, it's a little early for her nap time, but she had a, she had an early nap today. So it's not out of the question, but. All right. Of course, anyway. no, and also if she feels safe, she can go to sleep. It's totally okay. Yeah. 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 And she and he, one time he would wrestle me, wrestle me, or push me to the ground and shove dirt in my mouth, or, you know, it was just sort mm. of like bullying and yeah. pushing me around. And with my brother, he, you know, he would, he would pick him up. Oh, once he, when I was, I don't know, when I was five or six, I guess this is the first time it ever happened. He picked, he picked me up by the lapels of my winter parka, slammed me into the wall and screamed at me. Like, wow. I don't know if we could do that to a you know, five or six-year-old. Like, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. And, but it was never like I'm going to punch you or break your bones. So I never had, like, black eyes or anything like that. Yeah. And he would push my mom around and once, once he sort of pushed her down the stairs, although she didn't fall, but he would push her down, like, and she would sort of step down fat quickly, and she was able to stand up, but, and then he pushed her out of the house, so he would do that, and then to my sister, he, he used to hit my sister, and then I think hmm. he used to hit my brother, and, but do some of the same bully tactics as my, my brother, but I wasn't around for what, what was happening in my, Mark's teenage years, because I was away. Um, right. And but clearly a sense of not of like put you down like you know like with force and kind of like sub- submit you right like really now you you were powerless. Yeah, use physical power and right. um, bullying and just sort of you know he might take his his fingers and you know. Sort of like, I don't even know the word for this, but like take his fingers and stab my chest and he's making points, you know, and like push me back. Right, yes, yeah. It was like, that was a mild form, but then he would, he might chase me or chase you around the house, you know, and then he gets you. (laughs) And then, and then you're, yeah, he would put me into complete submission. And I never felt like, oh, I'm in the moment. I, I felt, I, ha- 
had a sense that he wouldn't go past a certain point. Like my mm. intellect felt like he will never kill me. You know, he will never, um, you know, break my bones or right. I felt like there was a limit. But yeah. there might have been a primal part of me that didn't feel that, you know, and, and then I have these intense fears of, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's also, and then, so he would do that, and would you fight him or just resist, or would you just let go? You know what I, I mean? Would, like, your energy was, yeah. I would fight him up into a certain point, and then I would lose. Okay. So I did stand up to him. I did. And I felt like I had to, or else I would, my soul would be crushed. And right. But then at a certain point, I, I had to submit because he's so much bigger and stronger than me, you know? I mean, he's right. like six one, and he's a really athletic, physical, strong guy. Yeah. And um, and then one, once you, like, pretty much, like, gave up, right? Okay, like, you know, you're on top of me, you're pinning me, you're going to say, you're going to scream. Then would he just, like, say what he had to say and let go or he would he would stay on it for a little while <clears throat> and then he would yeah. let go yeah yeah so the the reason why for some some for some reason it is i am connecting it to the sense of does it ring true that he had to know he was in power. He was in charge. He was the one that, you know, was in con- total and absolute control. And he would not, like, let go until you were completely in submission. Maybe, yeah. And and I'm curious if that, you know, you made, like, a total subconscious vow to never be in that position again, ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I don't know if this was happened when you were a very young girl. Is it possible? So to whatever degree, I'm going to invite you to tap and just see what our nervous, what your nervous system has to, has to say about these. Because it happened when you were so young and you were a girl, and at that point, it was you and your sister because Mark didn't come until much later. So it's your dad, and then it's your mom, you and your sister. I'm curious if if there's a part of you that said, okay, man is in charge, but men are not safe. And the only way is to just, you have to completely, if you're going to be with a man, you have to just, just go into complete submission. And I'm never, ever going to do that. I could absolutely be the case because I definitely, you know, looked at my mother and, you know, she wasn't able to protect us. And I was like, she was unable to protect herself and I was like, I will absolutely never be her. Yes. So when there's, Right, so having a man around means that you're not safe. Yeah. And now you have yeah. a daughter, so 
I'm, I'm not surprised that these may come up between the homeopathic that is addressing the trauma and uh, and the session we had where you were, you know, you were really inviting a more balanced energy in within you so you can be the the partner, the woman, the the receptive one, the one that is going to be helped, that is going to be supported, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the vow I made. I would never be the dependent woman ever. Uh, there you go. I will never. So there's be... an in... yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Say that again. Sorry. Um, I will never be that vulnerable. I will always be able to take care of myself. Yeah. But now, actually, I want to be a dependent woman. I want to be an interdependent woman. And I want to be taken care of. And with, you know, in safety and nurtured and love, you know? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But there's a conflict because there's a part of you that wants to be a mom and wants to, you know, to a degree depend dependent in certain aspects, right? But the, the view the view of a woman that is a mom, like was your mom, that life kinda of sucked for your little the little girl and you. Yeah. So it makes sense that these like ever present energy of man like with the in the dream is like ever present like no matter what you do where you go what you get in you know you have your protective SUV car and you have you have strategies and you have but no matter what he appears again yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah exactly here he's chasing me he's closer behind to me behind me than I think I thought he left Thought I had left, the, you know, in the dream way ahead of it, and then it turns out I can see in my, my rear view mirror, and then he figures out how to get up ahead of me. He's just everywhere. Can't right. get away. So you can't get away exactly. So this is what I'm going to encourage you to do: as you tap and close your eyes, take a deep breath. Oh, something's moving. I'm yawning like crazy. I'm not tired at all. There's something that we're releasing here. <laughs> so. I'm going to invite you to drop into the dream to whatever extent and whichever version you want to you want to do that and just be in your car be in your and you're like trying to get away from him you're just like in your car and you feel somewhat safe but then you notice he's behind you you try to you know lose him and then he appears in front of you you plan a different strategy to get away, but he's too close behind you. It's just—it's just—it's just really terrifying, actually. That is the feeling I have. Yeah. Terror. Yes. So, take a deep breath, and you're stopping the car. You just stop. You're like, okay, this is not working. I'm not getting away. So stop the car. Yeah. And do we need 
Where is your dad now? Is he in the car behind you in the green van or is he somewhere else? He's out of the car and he's... Am I tapping through this, by the way? Yes, yes. Okay. He is... Um, we're in the Boston Commons and uh, I've gotten out of my car. He's out of his car and I wa- I'm walking towards him. Perfect. And are you really scared? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm scared. Okay. So let's pause. We're going to freeze you for a moment. This, this, this scene is completely frozen. And just tap in your karate chop point, even though I'm terrified of him. Even though I'm terrified of him. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen. Deep <clears throat> breath. I, I'm not willing to live my life this way anymore. I'm not willing to live my life this way anymore. I am now owning all of my strengths. I am now owning all of my strengths. All of my power. All of my power. And stopping this bullying. And stopping this bullying. But what comes up for me is that this is exactly the thing that will trigger him into violence. <laughs> Right, and he's not hes not hearing you, he's not, yeah, we're not, yeah, I understand. Okay, okay, so even though this is the exact, confronting him would be the exact thing that would throw him into a violent fit, right? Even though confronting him and being my powerful self is exactly what would throw him into a violent fit. Yeah. I am not, I am choosing not to back down. I am choosing not to back down. Even though I'm terrified. Even though I'm terrified. I choose to be true to myself. I choose to be true to myself. And I'm open to discovering a new way to be safe. And I'm open to discovering a new way to be safe. Talking to the point. Yes, yes, go What's coming up is, you know, I think he did all that bullying, but I think he must have done some hitting of me too because I, I know he did a lot of hitting or spanking. Of, he de- they definitely spanked me. Mm. Um, so there was definitely some hitting as it's coming back. But I, the only, I can only remember a couple, a few hand, handful, you know, uh, of times. But I think it yeah. happened a lot more and I probably just, Suppress it. So I think there was was hitting as well. But I don't, I really don't believe there were broken, I know there were no broken bones or like, you know, like black eyes or punching. I don't think there was punching. Yeah, but it's like there is still, so there's there's more, there was definitely more than you remembered and you kind of just like, yeah, try to minimize and cope with it, of course. I did, and there was a point at which I was numb to it, and it would happen, and I would sort of report it to my mother like I was telling her about the weather. Oh, by the way, this happens, yeah. and I would just be totally numb. Yeah. Well, not only the the numbness, right, as we keep on talking and this is coming up, is that why even mention anything to your mom? I mean, she couldn't even protect herself. What would she do for you? Yeah. I did usually tell her, though. That right. No, of course. About yeah. Right. But yeah, how would she respond? Would she, how would 
I don't really remember. I think she might have been present during a lot of them, and there was one during which she was not present, and I told her about it. And it caused her to, it was the final trigger for her to divorce my father. Hmm. Hmm. So interesting because I was the, the trigger for their marriage and I was the trigger for their divorce. Hmm. I'm kind of a powerful person in that. In that You're sort of very thing. powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. And yet it's like for, I remember that we did address the fact that you felt bad that somehow your mom suffered so much because she married him. Yeah. So it's the the feeling bad for like marrying a man is really not a good thing. And divorcing him is worse because then she died. That's right. Yeah. So it's like basically there's still a part of you that is like men are just, you know, men are just a disaster no matter what you, you know, how you look at them. If you marry them, if you divorce them. Yeah. If you marry them, you're just in misery. And if you divorce them, you die. So I, I, do you understand why you're single? Yes, completely. <laughs> it's like I'm taking the safe route here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just not, it's just really not safe. Totally. And not only that, but it's like, and you can even say, and and I don't even remember all of it. And I don't even remember all of it. That's right. I, I'm choosing to numb out a lot of it. I'm choosing to numb out a lot of it. Just so I can survive. That's how I can survive. And now that I'm a mom and I would like to have a partner. Now that I'm a mom and would like to have a partner. There's a subconscious part of me that is completely against it. There's a subconscious part of me that is completely against it. And the potential of hurt and damage is so big. Because the potential for hurt and damage is so big. Why would I even go anywhere near that? Why would I even go anywhere near it? Especially now that I have a daughter. Especially now that I have this amazing, beautiful daughter. Yeah. I bet that my dad did not look that bad to my mom when they were dating. I bet that my dad did not look that bad to my mom when they were dating. Is that true, Deb? Do you do you have any? Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Although, you know what she told me on her deathbed? That he date-raped her, and that's how she conceived me. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. But I didn't know that until the end and um, of her life. But, yeah, I think for sure that um, he was really good-looking and charming. and He looked like James Dean. Do you know James Dean? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. He was really good looking and and she was they were from different towns and so she didn't know anything about him and he was kind of shy and um Yeah. There was a tremendous <laughs> upside to their union. Like there was a lot of chemistry and a lot of love and 
It was it was mixed, you know. But yes, yeah. I think he was very. She was really psyched when he proposed. Mm. But probably in part because that because she was Catholic and pregnant, right? And yes. And so she was like, "Oh, thank God!" You know. Yeah. Well, but there's something that is important we're going to share with your that little your little girl, and you can just, vis you know, see her, and we're going to just step and tell her. And I'm going to start. I want you to, to you know, continue with your own words because there's there's a saving grace that your mom gave you a beautiful gift, with telling you uh, that he did day uh, rape her, you know, even if it was right before she was leaving. Because this is what's happening, Deb, is that the, that little girl in you that made that vow that men are now safe and have that dream, she's the one that is desperately trying to protect you and reminding you of how terrifying it is to have a man around. Mm. But she has no idea that your mom was shy and she was very um, just. What also did she have how was her her life in her own home like did she see your dad as an uh, a way of a better life in a way like no i don't think not. so because he didn't go to college and she did and he was just sort of this really cute guy from another town okay so she was she was okay but she was shy and she was just uh so, no, he was shy. My dad was shy. Oh, your dad was shy. Oh, so he, right, so he was charismatic and very good-looking and shy. So probably he looked safe. Yeah. Okay. Right. And she was like a cheerleader and on the yearbook committee and super popular. And it was like one of those girls, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I'm curious if it would be important to tell your, your young self because um, do you see the conflict within you? I mean, you are an adult, you're strong, you know, you know that you can protect yourself, and yet there's this part of you that is holding on to, you know, I'm, well... You are having the life that your mom had to a certain degree in the sense that she was popular, successful, doing what she loved doing. She, she, you know, she, was, she, she had so much going in her life for herself. Yeah, when she was a teenager, that's true. Yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't, you know, it was pre-dad, right? Like pre-dad pre coming into the picture, she had a lot going for her in yeah. her life. Yeah. Just like you do now. Right now you have a ton of going for you. Yeah. And then if a man shows up and your life turns like upside down and miserable like hers did, well, it would be very important is to find out what is it that you need to tell that little girl that you have that your mom did See, that little girl sees moms and, you know, grown women a certain way. So for that little girl, and tell me if at any point I'm saying something that either doesn't make sense or doesn't resonate, right? 
But this is what I'm seeing is that that young version of you saw her mom, which is now, now you're a mom, as in a certain way. Like she, she was fine until she met your dad. All of a sudden, she's totally miserable and unable to protect herself or her. And when finally she has the last straw and she says, okay, forget it, this is it, then she dies. She gets sick and dies. Yeah, yeah. But you are not your mom. Before we go there, there's something you said that has been uh, making me curious, and that is that that it was a gift that my mother told me about the date rape. Why do you think that? Because the sense that I got is like, it wasn't that your dad was completely wonderful and all of a sudden there was some something that happened that your mom disregarded. And even though he did, he raped her, he, she still decided to marry him. The, re, the reason I see it as a gift is that you would never do that. If a man had any potential, not just a red flag, but even a yellow flag, I strongly doubt that you would you know, move, move forward and marry the guy. That's true, but with Peter, like I broke up with him when he pushed me, but I went back together with, dropped back together with him. Would you do that now with, with having Sirsha and everything you've learned? No way. And you did a shitload of healing since Peter. I've done a shitload of healing since Peter. So, and, you know, recently that guy that was texting you and, you know, the guy that was one of the contractor people in your, yeah. in your condo, you know, yeah. Yeah, you were enjoying that, but the moment that he started showing some yellow flags, not even red, maybe a little orange, but, you know, you were like, eh, no, I'm not going there. Yeah. He even asked you for some naked photos of you or things like that, right? And you're like, eh. That's why, because that's a clear indication that you are really not your mom. I mean, of course, you're not a teenager, but you don't have the, you know, the religion or anything that would push you into a situation where you could be totally miserable. It's completely true. And also, I've gotten out of so many relationships. I know how to leave. I know how to get out of a relationship, whereas my mother didn't know. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're almost, you know, on your last legs and you have to just get out because your life depends on it, and not even then, right? Not at all. And none of them has made, none of the breakups have made me sick. They've all been painful, but right. I don't have any terminal disease. I don't have any, you know, I'm so much more robust than my mother, and I'm, I have the confidence and the power of my father in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, and... And even more than that, I have resources. I have a means to support myself, and I have resources, enormous network of resources, you know, most right. <laughs> mainly among them you, um, you know, <laughs> but a lot, of, a lot of resources to support me. 
Absolutely. So, Deb, do you find like right now if you take a breath and you visualize your dad, not at the Boston Common, but your dad wherever he is trying to manage his life and whatnot, do you some, is there a, there's a part of you that even, um, you know, respects or honors who he is? You don't have to be in touch with him or, you know, have him much in your life, but do you have a certain level of respect for who he is and what he had to go through uh, as a human being? I probably have, a, I have probably compassion for him as, you know, for the suffering that he must have gone through, yeah. what he certainly has gone through since because he lost his whole family, right? I mean, right. we all rejected him, so he's really alone. And he, the, there's tremendous suffering in that, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. I don't know if that word respect. I mean, I... Um... Yeah, maybe that's... Well, it's just that knowing... It, it's a similar... It's similar to compassion. It's like knowing everything that he's gone through. You know, I just... Um, I, I respect who you are. You know, as a separate being, I'm, I'm choosing now to be part of your, you know, of your circle in a in a close way. But I, you know, I respect you. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily judging you. I'm, and you know, I wouldn't never want to have the life that you have. But I, I respect it. You know, like it's your life, and I'm uh, instead of judging it or you know, what the reason why is because what I would like is not necessarily to confront him, but. And the Boston Common, when you get out of your car and he gets out of the car and you're going to meet each other, what what I what I saw was not necessarily to scream at him or tell him, you know, or, or you know, get into a fight in any way, physical or emotional, but just to say, Dad, you know what? I'm not going to be scared of you anymore. Stop chasing me. Stop becoming a shadow into in my life. I, I'm not. I don't want to be scared of you. Uh, in, in truth, there's nothing you can do to hurt me anymore. And I'm letting you go. I'm just. I, I want you to follow your path, and I want you to. And now I want you to let me have mine. I can absolutely say that, but I will go back to the respect issue or the judgment issue. I think I do judge him. Yeah. Because I I judge him for not healing or not taking the steps he could have to address whatever issues he has inside himself. Yeah. And I, I judge him for that and frankly I judge other people for that too. It's not it's not good. <laughs> No, and and I and, uh, no, I'm glad that you're honest about it. Absolutely. Do you do you truly believe that he could have done more than what he has done? I do think so. Yeah. 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 I see. I think that my dad, even though eh, I don't think I don't know if my dad is as mentally ill as your dad is, but man, he has he has dig himself into a hole and keeps on getting deeper and deeper. And I'm I'm sorry for him, but. I, I don't think that on in these... Of I'm course. Sorry, someone's at my door. Hold on one sec. Hello? Hi. 